0: What is grace? Grace is community. Grace is passion. Grace is for everyone. I invite you now to hear our scripture reading. This comes from Colossians chapter 3. This is verses 1 through 14. And this comes from the apostle Paul. He's writing to the to the city of Colossae. That's how we get Colossians. And uh, he's telling them about uh, putting Jesus first in their lives. So this is Colossians 3, 1 through 14. Hear now the word of the Lord. So if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life, but now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath. Malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So today we begin a new series of sermons looking at the summer season. Though for many, Memorial Day weekend is the unofficial beginning of summer. We actually have several more weeks until it really begins. So as the weather heats up and school is letting out, what do we do? How do we live our lives to the fullest After almost a year and a half of lockdown from COVID, we are going to look at how we connect with God, with nature, and with our own creativity. But first, we begin the series by looking at how we can connect with the living. Some of you may have felt like you've been holding your breath throughout lockdown, holding on a little longer with masks and social distancing while you stayed away from people, especially even ones that you loved now in many ways you've succeeded we did it we beat covid we still need to keep some precautions in place and people should definitely get vaccinated if they can but the numbers are way down and that's really good news so how do we connect with the living after nearly a year of lockdown Uh, and uh, as we explore this idea i invite you to join me in a word of prayer let's pray Lord, help us to be an inclusive community, passionately following Jesus Christ. Help us to love as you love us, especially as we re-engage with people after such a long absence. May we be your people at work in this world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I imagine most of us would tell ourselves that we want to be happy but that can be a challenge when our routines and connections with others gets disrupted. This past year has been filled with attempts at coping with these new routines and attempts to make ourselves happy, but I would bet most of us have probably felt like we haven't been terribly successful at it. Most happiness authorities would tell you, you've got to go out and seize the day. Grab what makes you happy because you've got to work at work at it in order to truly find happiness. But that is tough to do in the middle of a pandemic. I've tried myself to do what makes me happy. Uh, with two young boys at home, it's, it's been a challenge for sure. We decided to try and do something special for Memorial Day weekend last week. The plan was to do our first camping trip out in the woods with the whole family alone together. But like many of you, Our plans were ruined by all the rain that we had. Uh, We knew Monday was going to be nice, though, so after debating what was safe, what was acceptable, what was fun to make the, the weekend special, we finally settled on going to Six Flags with my boys. And I know for some folks that seems like a bad choice. Others have no problem with it. But if you want to stay an extra six feet away from me after church, I totally understand. Uh, The nice part was that it was all outdoors, right? This was the first chance my sons had to to go on some real roller coasters. Now, they've been on the little ones, the the portable ones uh, that are at the town carnivals. Uh, but the big ones, this was like a brand new experience for them. We thought, this is going to be special. This is definitely going to make them happy. When we got there, they were stunned at just how tall King De Ka was. Uh, that is the world's tallest roller coaster. And it didn't take long for them to decide that they would definitely not be going on that one. Uh, in fact, I was rather surprised. My oldest, Davy, said that he wasn't really interested even on going on the Ferris wheel. That was too tall for him. Uh, but eventually they did, dis- did agree that we would all go on the gondola. Somehow that's okay. And we rode high in the sky across the whole park and got to see all the other adventures that we could go on, all the other rides that were there at the park. And that's when Davy saw his new favorite roller coaster, the Runaway Mine Train. A good medium-sized ride with no big drops. He loved it and would have been perfectly content to ride on that a hundred times that day. Uh, But for Hal, uh, he was good with bumper cars and teacups. That was enough for him. Finally, at the end of the day, Hal decided that he was okay with going on Skull Mountain, a medium-sized roller coaster that's totally in the dark. Emily and I debated whether it was okay. I said he would change his mind before he got on the ride. Emily said he'd be perfectly fine. It turns out neither of us were right. He did not chicken out on going on the ride, and he was definitely not fine. Uh, So he didn't scream or cry on the ride, but by the end, he said he would never be going on that roller coaster again. At the end of the night, when we were saying our evening prayers back here at home, he thanked God for the day we had and for Six Flags, and then added, except for Skull Mountain. Amen, little guy. Turns out the amusement park was nice, but it didn't really make him happy. In fact, it might have even traumatized him a little bit. Uh, Dan Bootner, a world-famous author, has studied both the longest living people on earth And the happiest people on earth. He says usually we focus on things like amusement parks and shopping malls to make us happy. But those sorts of things have so little to do with what really makes us happy. Those things are so short-lived, it doesn't really give us what we need. So he came up with what he calls the lazy person's guide to happiness. See, happiness isn't just one thing or one feeling we have. It's a whole bunch of things from health and emotions to how we evaluate our lives and live out our values. That's what really makes us happy. It's pursuing meaning for our lives. Butner says the mistake most of us make is focusing too much on the short-term things we think will make us happy, like the amusement park, or, on the other hand, The problem we run into is focusing too much on long-term things, like financial independence or retirement. To really be happy, we have to do both. So you might think of saving money and investing as something to make you happy. Yeah, sure, that helps. And it's also true that the more stuff we buy, the less happy we are. So instead, Booner suggests buying experiences for those short-term things. Go on a trip. Visit a new country, go to a concert, or perhaps best of all, change the environment around you so you don't have to work so hard to be happy. These are the kinds of short-term steps we can make to be happier, but there is one step that we can take that is far more important than all of the things that I've mentioned so far. The thing that will make us happiest in life, according to Butner, is being with people. The happiest people on earth socialize six to seven hours a day. Now, I'm an introvert, so that sounds impossible to me, but it's the encounters with other people, the connections that we make that add value and meaning to our lives. Interestingly, social media doesn't count here. Online connections can actually make us less happy and more disconnected from people. But for every one new Real, in-life friend we add to our social networks, we are 15% more likely to be happy. Perhaps the most important advice he gives is that even though many of us accumulate friends from school or work, it's really important to keep pursuing active friendships with happy people that like to laugh. they got to be funny friends, or at least think that you are funny, even if your jokes are as bad as mine. That's the 101 version of finding happiness. Connect with people, especially with people that bring you joy. But our world is in a strange place right now. The last year of the pandemic has forced many of us into isolation or to interacting with people in online only environments. That's not good. We are already divided enough between politics and how to handle the pandemic. But these online interactions are causing a growing mistrust between people in a time when we are already stressed out from the pandemic. We need those in-person connections, the casual interactions we used to have with people during our six to seven hours of socializing. These days, we are getting way less. So we don't hear people's stories or know their motives for why they are doing what they are doing. That breeds mistrust. Add to that the increase in communication through emails, text messages, and social media, and a joke meant to have some fun is suddenly a jab that hurts. Exhaustion from stress comes off as anger meant to hurt others. Susan Bowman, a spiritual director, asks a key question of us in this stage. Can you trust your gut right now? Usually We use our gut as a guide to measure people's actions, to better gauge their purpose, but our gut reactions might be off because of the disconnect we've had over the last year. We assume things that just aren't true of other people. We aren't as connected. We don't know the background stories, and we make a judgment based on our gut. And that actually makes it harder for us to be happy people to find true joy because we are pushing people away instead of connecting with them more. So these days, when it comes to people, don't trust your gut. Your instincts very well may be leading you the wrong way. So what can you do? How can you have that perfect summer, happy with the people surrounding us, Well, one answer comes from the Apostle Paul. He talks about happiness. He is writing to the people of Colossae in the book of Colossians. Now, things aren't all rosy for Paul. He has been put in prison just for talking to people about Jesus. But he does have one thing going for him. He is able to have all the visitors he wants. And he hears from others how things are going in all the churches uh, spread across Europe and Asia and Africa. But he hears a disturbing report In Kalasai, there's a group of Christians there that are struggling. The city they live in is filled with people that are into mystical religion. One way this impacts people is with this really strong belief that there are these angelic forces at work. They believe these angels are in control of the cosmic order and they determine the destiny of every individual. Hopefully you can see right away how this is at odds with Christianity. Angels aren't in charge. God is. Our destiny is not forced on us. It's a choice we make when we choose to follow Jesus Christ. That is what determines our future. The Apostle Paul says it's not mystical experiences or mystical powers that connect us together. God, in creating us in his image, did that long ago. The people in that city were off in another way, too. And maybe this one hits closer to home for some of you. The religious folks not only thought mystical experiences were the key, they also thought that the soul was all that mattered. Because the body would eventually perish, they said, it's not important. The only thing that mattered in their worldview was spiritual things. Because if it's spiritual, then it has to be eternal. Ever heard of someone uh, commenting on another person that's so heavenly minded they are no earthly good? That's what happens when we become obsessed with the mystical trying to purify our spirits. This is what's known as the Orphic view of the body. And Paul says, look, you're dead wrong. It's not the pursuit of the spiritual that makes you like Christ. It's when your body starts acting like Christ... That's what matters. Back then, they thought they had to put their bodies to death so that they could become spiritual. The Apostle Paul is using their own ideas to make the point. You don't put your body to death. You put to death whatever is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed. That's what needs to be put to death. Then he adds a few more things just to make sure that we're all feeling how challenging and difficult this life in Christ really is. Get rid of anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language. Don't lie to one another. The point is not so much the list of details here. The point is that when you choose to follow Christ, your life has to change. We move from angry and bitter to kind and patient we forgive others just as god forgives us then he puts the cherry on top of this new life in christ above all clothe yourselves with love which binds everything together in perfect harmony today that might not sound quite so revolutionary but at the time no other group lifted up love in this way Christians said loving others was the way we show Christ at work in our lives. It is literally the best thing we can do to be like Christ. We might be busy pursuing our own happiness this summer or even skeptical of the people around us because of being away from people for so long. But the key in all of this is to love like Jesus. When you wake up in the morning... Let that be the first thing you put on, like a shirt. Just pull it over yourself. I am an example of Christ. I will clothe myself with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. I will love like Jesus. That's how you really become happy. A few months ago, when people were being vaccinated in these huge mega sites... One famous person living in Massachusetts had to get vaccinated too. It was celloist Yo-Yo Ma. He asked if he could play a few songs for the folks in the observation area. So he sat up in the back, masked and socially distanced, and played. One of the folks working at the site said, So many people were moved to tears. It was an exceptional moment at the end of a long day of giving shots. What a simple but beautiful gift freely given to others. And I know none of us here are cello masters, but there is a unique gift we can give others in this world. We can give ourselves. Even if you aren't comfortable reengaging in the world after the pandemic just yet, you can still call people. You can send letters and gifts and let the love of God overflow into how you treat others be a blessing re-engage with the living bring happiness for yourself by loving those around you it's the way to have a perfect summer after a year of lockdown amen amen for everything happening at grace check out our website at gumc.org